T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. You got to love that sound effect. The, uh, the Bears are on the clock. See what I'm saying? That's pretty good. And we are delighted to welcome in Dane Brugler. He is, of course, with The Athletic, their fine NFL draft analyst, and joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank Making Commercial Banking Personal. Dane, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Well, we want to thank you, first of all, for your first mock draft, which had the Bears with the trade down and still getting Jalen Carter. I think everybody in town would cut that deal right now. Uh, that would be phenomenal because that would kind of answer a couple of, uh, first of all, a huge need, and then also getting out of that uh, uh, that first overall pick. So, uh, you know, obviously we don't know yet who the number one pick is, but it's leaning toward quarterback just because of the value of the position. No doubt. And obviously the, the way the season ended for the bears to get that number one overall pick, um, that is it's position of power. And especially in a draft like this, and not every year, like if you get the number one pick last year, uh, you know, you have a decision to make at the top because you're not getting a lot of offers. Are you going to take Aiden Hutchinson? Are you going to take, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, decisions to make. This year, I think the decision is pretty clear, and that's uh, look at the offers that you receive. They should receive multiple offers for that number one overall pick. Teams looking for a quarterback, try to get ahead of Houston at number two. Uh, and this is a very interesting quarterback group uh, where we've got some talented guys. There's no doubt, but each one has their own flaws. And so there, will no, there, there won't be a consensus order this year where there's a clear one, a clear two. Uh, it'll be very different from team to team. Some teams will not be on board with a Bryce Young because he's 5'10 and a half, 190 pounds. That's a complete outlier uh, at the quarterback position. Some teams will be out on, on a quarterback like that. Uh, will Levis from Kentucky, uh, there's a lot of split opinion uh, because he has all the prototypical traits, but the tape is inconsistent. And are you really going to invest a number one pick in a guy that, you know, you just, there's something missing from his film. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State has a lot of things you look for, but can he create enough uh, outside of structure with his legs? Showed a little bit of that against Georgia, but can you believe that's going to be part of his game moving forward? So it's a really uh, flawed but talented quarterback class, and it will be fascinating to see which teams are jockeying to get up to that number one overall pick. And then what do the Bears do? I, I, I mentioned this in my mock, but – 
I don't think it's as simple as just saying, okay, what's the best offer? All right, boom, let's take it. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance that if they get that offer from Indianapolis sitting there at four, that has to be the most appealing trade offer, even if it's a little bit less than what another team is giving them because you're still within the top four picks. You're staying within striking distance of those two defensive linemen, Will Anderson from Alabama, Jalen Carter from Georgia. I think there's a big drop-off after those two uh, in terms of the next best non-quarterback in this class. And I think you have to look at it, too. If you're sitting there at number four, you might get another trade offer uh, from the Panthers at number nine or, you know, another team, and you might be able to double up with with some big-time trades. So the Bears are in a position of power right now, and it will be really interesting to see how it plays out here uh, over the next few months. That is a key component, not going down far enough to where you can't get a player that can help you immediately like a Carter or an Anderson. Dane, and you've been doing this long enough to understand – the compensation and how it might fluctuate year to year. But this season, I think it's interesting, number one, your proposal that the in your mock draft, the Colts moving up, but what they would give up to do that. Obviously the number four pick, but you also have them at the 35th pick, the second rounder, and a 2024 first rounder. Do you think that whoever the Bears deal with, if it's in a, a top 10 situation, they will get back besides swapping picks a second rounder and a future first? And should they be willing to trade if they don't get that kind of compensation? It, it's funny. I, I've heard from Colts fans who say that's way too much uh, to give up and Bears fans who think that's just not enough. And okay. so, uh, you know, I, I think the, the truth somewhere in the middle. And really when it comes down to this, we can look at past examples, you know, what the 49ers gave up to go up to get Trey Lance. Um, you know, all the way back to what Washington gave up to go up to get RG3. I mean, we, we can go back and look at past examples as maybe a, a base to try and figure out what, what that best deal would be. But the truth is that, you know, your, your, your offer or your the best trade is just going to be what your best offer is. And so it, it will be interesting. I, I do think that if you're the Colts at four and you're Chris Ballard, obviously he knows Ryan Poles very well from their time together in uh, Kansas City. Um, you know that you probably have maybe a leg up because you are picking at number four and you're not picking at seven or nine or 12. Um, so you're, you might have a little bit, uh, you know, you have a fewer picks to go up. You won't have to give up as much to move up to that number one spot. So, you know, it's, it will be interesting to see how, how this whole thing plays out. And I think, you know, once coaches get involved in the process, cause you know, up to this point, it's been the area scouts, it's been, you know, the directors, uh, even the GM has been on the road a, f- a little bit, getting eyes on these quarterbacks. But once the coaches really get involved, that changes things, too, in terms of how they see these quarterbacks and, um, you know, what they'd be willing to, to give up to move up uh, for one of these guys. So it, we're still in the feeling out process, not just those of us on the outside, but even within the buildings of teams as, as they try to stack this uh, draft board, especially the quarterbacks. Dane, we understand that there are good players throughout the NFL draft. There are plenty of great stories out there of guys and what they've done. Um, when we talk about Will Anderson or uh, or Jalen Carter, how do you separate those two guys? And and you know, for a team like the Bears, where they're running a um, a Tampa two, where they they really need that kind of under tackle position, the th- the three technique. We heard um, Matt Eberflus talk about it. Does that change? by team or is Carter like the more valuable player than Anderson is Anderson 
comparable to Micah Parsons. I've heard that mentioned. I, I, that would be awesome. What? How do you? How, is it? Does it just help people if you if you mention this guy's like that guy type of thing? Oh yeah, and I, that's something that you know comps player comps are are rarely apples to apples, but they do help create a picture. Um, you know both stylistically with you know what type of player are you getting but then also nfl impact um you know if, if i say that will anderson uh could give you a von miller type of impact well that that paints a picture in your mind and and, and lets you know okay this guy's really good and I, I do think that will anderson has that type of potential um you know he's uh you think about all the hundreds of thousands of players that have played college football um i, I don't maybe even millions i don't know there's only been 41 who have been unanimous All-Americans back-to-back years, and Will Anderson's one of those guys. That's how good he has been at the college level. His get-off is explosive. Um, the way he can bend his body, the dip, he can maneuver in tight spaces. Uh, but he's also very advanced with his hands, and that shows up not only as a pass rusher, but as a run defender. He's a very, very good run defender, and uh, he's very advanced for his age, shedding blocks. Um, I, I, he needs to be a better finisher in terms of uh, just avoiding those missed tackles uh, that he'll play an overdrive at times. But uh, again, that's, you know, if that's your biggest uh, worry with him, I mean, everything else is uh, off the charts, twitchy movements, skilled hands, play speeds. Awesome. Uh, he's a game wrecker. And that's uh, certainly appealing with Jalen Carter. He has his block destruction is very special. Um, it's a combination of power. It's a combination of quickness. And I do think that there's something to be said about that interior disruption and how valuable that is and how, how much harder it is to find compared to uh, guys on the outside who can bend the edge and give you that, that outside pressure. So if it's if all things are equal and you have Jalen Carter, or, uh, uh, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson on the same level tags are touching uh, on the draft board, you might lead uh, to the defensive tackle because not only the fit in, in that particular scheme, but it is harder to find those guys. Um, but it, just for me personally, I do have Will Anderson just uh, a little bit ahead of Carter. But these are two really good guys uh, that, you know, if, you're, if your goal with the top five pick is to come away with an impact player who should be on a, a Pro Bowl trajectory pretty quickly, I think both these guys qualify. I love the block destruction with Jalen Carter. <laughs> and, Dane, yeah. you, you have been doing this a long time, and I just wonder, in Chicago, let's say – and play this out, the Bears select Jalen Carter with the fourth overall pick. Immediately, for fans of a certain age that remember the Bears drafting Tommy Harris back in 2004, mm. those comparisons might be made. Do you see similarities there in the way that they would fit into num the same type of scheme but also have the same kind of impact? Yeah, and something you always, you know, going back to his days at Oklahoma with Tommy Harris, uh, how disruptive he was, um, and, and against the run in the pass. And so he was a guy that, uh, you know, it's not just about uh, being able to, uh, you know, the movements without going anywhere. It's not just the he was quick. It's not just he was powerful. It was, it was purposeful. Uh, and I think that's with Jalen Carter, too. His ability to read blocks under and the backfield vision to know where the ball is, uh, I mean, he, he really uh, blows up what the offensive game plan is. And that's something that we saw, uh, you know, throughout the season in the SEC. We saw it against Ohio State. Um, you know, he was fatigued quite a bit in that, that peach bowl against the Buckeyes. He played – it was the first time in his career he played over 50 snaps in that game. Uh, but, you know, you just have to go back to last year in that Georgia defense and uh, how good everybody was from Jordan Davis to Devontae Wyatt, uh, the linebackers, the secondary – 
but everyone wanted to know who that number 88 was uh, because he was the guy that kept flashing over and over and over. Uh, and, and, you know, he did it again this year, even with all those guys gone. So the, uh, the body control is amazing. I think that's a comparison we could make between those two guys uh, with Carter and Harris. Um, and just keep it coming back to that block destruction. He knows how to do it. It's, and it sometimes it's with quickness. Sometimes with it's th- that natural power that he has, uh, both in his body, his core, but also with his hands. His strikes are, are fluid and they're fast. So with, uh, with Carter, I, I know defensive tackle is not the most sexy pick when we're talking about a top five pick, but Carter is the type of guy you can get really excited about. When we look at the draft, what is is there any way of determining yet? Or you know, obviously the whole process hasn't begun. You got to get to the combine. You got get through these all star games, get to the combine, etc. But what is the depth of this draft? If if you were saying, wow, you know, you need to get uh, six mid round picks because this position is deep, what would it be? Uh, I think that edge rusher, um, and, and maybe that's, you know, another case for why Carter, um, you know, you could take him over Anderson is because I do think that edge rusher is a position that stretches in this class, second round, third round. Uh, the mock draft that I posted this week is a two-rounder, and when I was doing the second round, I was shocked how many uh, pass rushers I had uh, there in the second round, guys that, uh, you know, you could make a case for maybe sneaking into the first, but they just happen to fall into the second in this scenario, and they're really good players. Uh, you know, even guys like, um, you know, Isaiah Foskey, uh, you know, I'm who plenty of your listeners are, are familiar with at Notre Dame, um, Nolan Smith at Georgia, Jalen Carter's teammate, uh, B.J. Audulari, um, uh from LSU. There's a lot of good pass rushers in this class, and I think it's a position that won't tap out uh, in the second round, third round, fourth round. It'll, it'll stretch out pretty good. Wide receivers, another one. I mean, it seems like every year we're talking about the wide receivers, and I know that's another position uh, that, you know, the Bears could potentially be looking at. Um, but this is, you know, this it's not a receiver class like we had last year where we had, what, six in the first 25 picks. I don't think it's that. We don't have the, that high-end talent at the receiver position. I don't think there's a, a Chris Olave, uh, a Garrett Wilson, guys that just were immediate uh, contributors and, you know, guys that were productive both over 1,000 yards receiving this year as rookies. I'm not sure we have those guys, but there's still plenty of talent uh, in the late first and then into the second, third rounds. Uh, a lot of wide receivers will come off the board in day two. Um, that's something the Bears could also be looking at. So the Bears, if they do move down, obviously in the first round, a left tackle might be on their list as well. Compare and contrast Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky, the local kid. Skronsky is going to get beat up to the process because of his arm length. Uh, you know, it's something that I try to, uh, you know, prepare everybody for now because it's, uh, it's something we're going to hear ad nauseum. Um, th- probably 32 and a quarter, maybe 32 and a half, we'll see uh, in terms of his arm length. There are some teams that, you know, if, if it's anything below 33 inches, it, it's not even a conversation. Um, it, automatic move to guard. And I still think that with uh, Skronsky, he's the best offensive lineman in this class. But if you are specifically looking for a tackle, he just he might not be for you. Um, but if you are comfortable with, you know, we'll try him a tackle, if it doesn't work out, we'll move him to guard. Um, I still think he's the best offensive lineman in this class. I think Paris Johnson, and, and I throw Broderick Jones in there from Georgia. Uh, some teams believe Jones is the number one tackle in this class. He's not as uh, polished, but he has that type of upside. So I think both those guys, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, uh, have a chance to be in the top half of round one because of they have prototypical left tackle traits, the size, the athleticism, the body, couldn't, body control, the, the play strength. 
that they have. So uh, it, if you need to tackle a couple options early in this draft that uh, teams could consider. But again, with Peter Skaronsky, I think it's something that uh, you just, he's, a, he's an outstanding football player. You want him on your team. Uh, he might have five position versatility, uh, but he just doesn't have some of those uh, prototypical traits that teams will look for at left tackle. So, uh, you know, I, I want to go back to Jalen Carter for a second. I was talking to a guy I know who said that if you watch him on tape, it's inconsistent. In other words, does he love the game? How do you figure that out, et cetera? I, I mean, you know, it could be that he's been so overwhelming that he hasn't been challenged and that it hasn't been he hasn't been forced to kind of uh, play at his maximum how do you tell if a guy can do that or not? It's also hard, you know, for those big defensive tackles who are just exerting so much energy uh, on every play. Um, and it is easy to wear yourself out. Mm. Um, and I, I think it is something that we will hear through the process about, uh, you know, football character concerns and things like that. I think it's a case of a player that's just young and, you know, he's, he's learning as he goes. I don't, you know, I, I think Will Anderson's maybe a little more advanced in that area. Um, you know, just with the, uh, you know, the way he's been coming up through the, pro I mean, he was the first linebacker to ever start for Nick Saban, um, which says something about Will Anderson, how ready he was to play out of the gate. Jalen Carter wasn't quite on that level. He, it's been more of a gradual ascent for him. Um, you know, he, like I said, he uh, played more snaps this year than he ever had before. Uh, he had an injury mid-season, which slowed him a little bit. That's part of the conversation as well, is just how much would that injury bother him throughout the season. Um, but I, it's it's something where it's a young player and he's still figuring things out. And so that's, that's, that's part of the jobs of these scouts, is to figure that out uh, when they're on campus. Just, you know, he's, he's a young player, but is it something we need to worry about? Is it something that will follow him to the next level? Uh, when he's in a room, uh, you know, full of 32-year-old veterans, is he going to be uh, be able to look at those guys as uh, role models, or is it going to be an intimidating thing for him? Uh, you know, just there's so many factors, and that's why scouts. It's not just about talent evaluation. <laughs> they have to be psychologists. They have to be private detectives. They have to uh, really uh, turn over every rock to figure out who these guys are uh, as people, what makes them tick, and that's that's the toughest part about the the job description. So, Dana, wasn't that long ago that we were breaking down the quarterbacks available in the 2021 NFL draft in the first rounders? And five went, and one of them was Justin Fields here in Chicago, and we obviously have seen him progress and develop. We see Trevor Lawrence, who's in the playoffs. Other three guys, I think the jury's still out, and maybe the minds are already made up about Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. but uh, in New York, in retrospect, anything to be learned from that process in terms of, and anything stand out in terms of a surprise to you? Uh, for me personally, I know I, I usually wait at least three years before I go back and really try to study and say, okay, what do we miss? What, what happened here? What do we get right? Um, and so I still, I, like you said, the jury's still out. I think um, eager to see what Zach Wilson can do next year, um, you know, with a new play caller, uh, everything that's happened. I mean, these guys, quarterback, you're under such a microscope some of these guys it just takes time. Um, you know, we talked with Justin Fields up until even the beginning of the season. Um, you know, they were still making some mistakes that he shouldn't make and way too methodical. And that was my big issue with Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State was just how methodical he was. 
he needed to just uh, move up that process and, and go a little quicker. And if he could, uh, you know, I, I think that could really unlock some things. And I think with the Bears, with the way they opened the offense and uh, allowed him to use his legs more, that helped him uh, really expand uh, as a quarterback. So eager to see both Fields and Wilson uh, as they move forward. You know, and with Trey Lance, you feel bad for him with the injury luck. Uh, now with Brock Purdy, I mean, what what are the 49ers do at quarterback moving forward? I, I don't know, uh, especially if Brock Purdy is able to win uh, another playoff game or two as a starting quarterback. So uh, that that's a situation that's really up in the air. Um, and, and then, you know, with uh, Mac Jones and, and with the Patriots, they didn't make the playoffs this year. We'll see what they are next year. It, it's, it's a really fascinating group of, of outcomes here with those five quarterbacks. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm eager to watch them this year to see and then maybe study them next summer to kind of get a better sense for what do we get right, what do we get wrong throughout the process of evaluating these guys. Dane, we'll let you go, and thank you for your time. I'm just curious, when you think about the Bears trading down for the number one pick, is there – is there a limit of where they can go and still get what they need out of this draft? I mean, they, they've got a lot of needs, and it, it would mm-hmm. seemingly, depending on what the price tag is, you know, they, they might be able to get a lot of help. I, I think it comes down to their draft board and understanding, okay, if, if it is Will Anderson, Jalen Carter at the top of their board, what's the drop-off to that next tier of players? Right. You know, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, Clemson's got a couple of uh, really talented defensive linemen with Brian Brzee, uh and Miles Murphy. What's the gap there? Is the gap enough where, you know what, having that extra third-round pick uh, is going to – it sounds good to us from this team, so we're going to move down a little bit more, and we feel comfortable with the pool of players that are available there. Um, so I really think it comes down to their draft board and just where they feel comfortable moving. That that that, that is going to play a part in, in their trade partner in all of this. And you look at it, there's plenty of teams that could use a quarterback. You look at the, the Raiders at number seven. You look at Seattle at number five. You never know with Geno Smith. Who knows? Um, and then, of course, Carolina at nine. So there's plenty of options here uh, where we could see a potential trade. I think it just comes down to their draft board and where they feel comfortable uh, with the pool of players available. Dane, thanks a ton. Really appreciate your help with this stuff. Thanks, Dane. Anytime. Thanks, guys. That is Dane Brugler, the, uh, the athletic NFL draft analyst. Fun stuff. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.